Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. And grateful in the name of Jesus. Lord, you have said, and I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. This afternoon, Lord, may we not live here the same as we came. But Father, if you have given us a pastor according to your heart, let us have substance. Let us be fed this afternoon with knowledge, with things that we did not know before. Let us be fed with understanding. Let us have new understanding of things that we did not understand before. We pray, Lord, let the Holy Spirit guide us into your word this afternoon in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands together for Jesus as you take your seats. Amen. And turn with me to John chapter 15 and verse number 16. John 15 and verse 16. Last week, I began sharing with you a new series of message as how can our fruits remain? How can our fruits remain? I'm not talking about mangoes and oranges. I'm not talking about apples. But the fruits that God has given us in the form of souls, in the form of friends, in the form of family that we are taking to heaven, how can they remain? How can they remain? And how can we ourselves as fruits remain also? Amen. And we want to read a scripture from John 15 and verse 16. And he says, Ye have not chosen me. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruits and that your fruit should remain. That your fruit should remain. Jesus is saying that you did not choose him. If you are sitting here, Angela, Jesus is saying he chose you. He chose you. He made you. He ordered your steps. The reason why so many people are not here, but you are here, makes you very special. It means Jesus chose you. And when something is chosen, it means that it is amongst a lot. Do you understand? If something is chosen, it means it is amongst a lot. And you are selected. That means, potentially, others could have been chosen. But for some reason, you have been chosen. And Jesus is saying that he, he chose you. You did not choose him. And then he said, he ordained you. How many of you knew that you are an ordained minister? As you were walking around, you knew that you are an ordained minister. Do you understand? But Jesus is saying, he has ordained you. Amen. He ordained you. And he sent you that you should go and bring forth fruits. 
every Christian is sent to go and bring forth fruit. And it is your duty and your responsibility to ensure that the fruits remain. So he says, and you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. Your fruit should remain. Now, if you are able to fulfill this part of the scripture, then he put a colon. And he says, other things after the colon. It means that whatever is after the colon has something to do with what is before. If you studied English properly, you understand what it means. That when there is colon, it is conditioned by what is preceding it. So he says, if you are able to do it, he says, that whatsoever ye shall ask of my father in my name, he may give it you. If you fulfill this, if you bring forth fruit and you ensure that your fruit will remain, then he says, whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, the Father will give it to you. Isn't that wonderful? Now, do we see that it is important if we want our prayers to be answered, then it's important that we make fruits remain. Then we shouldn't be the reason why fruits leave then our conversation should not be a cause for fruits to leave. Because your conversation that will cause fruits to leave will be the reason why your prayers are also not answered. Amen. Some of you, you don't even bring fruit, but the fruit that others have brought, you make them leave by your behavior and by your conversation. And so we want to learn new things. We want to learn new behavior that will make the fruits remain. Is it a good thing? We want to be the kind of Christians, the kind of church members who make the fruits remain. Because it's important. Because it is the reason why our prayers are not answered. And we want our prayers to be answered. Amen. Have you learned something? A pastor who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. (laughs) Put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. So that is what Jesus commands us. And then we read a scripture in Acts chapter 2 and verse 40 to 47. We want to look at it quickly. Acts chapter 2 and verse 40. We read a scripture that says, And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. So Peter has preached very powerfully. And many people were giving their lives to Christ. Hope, do you understand? Many people gave their lives to Christ. Many people received the message. They understood. And they received salvation. And it says, and then they that gladly received his word, the people who received the word, were baptized. And the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. 3,000 souls. And they continued, the people who were added, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Hallelujah. So last week, we learned that Church members ought to be steadfast. means they ought to be constant. It means they ought to be devoted. 
They ought to be consistent. They ought to be faithful to these four pillars. These four things. When you have a bench that has four pillars, I think it's safe for a lot of people to sit on that bench compared to a bench that has one pillar off or a bench that has two pillars, one in this corner, even if you put them diagonally. It is not stable. Do you understand? And you say some should sit here and some so that to balance. It is still not stable. People will look and they will not feel comfortable sitting on that. But when they see the stability, when they see that the chair is stable, and we look at four things that make a church church stable or a church stable that makes God feel comfortable adding to that church. And we look at these four things. And it says these apostles, these disciples, these people who were in the church, they continued. They were not people who will come and they are not there the next time. They are not people who will be involved in this, but not that. They said they continue steadfastly, constantly, in the apostles' doctrine. That means in the teaching of the church. They continue in the teaching. They go home talking about the teaching. They will be in their car talking about the teaching. They will not be in their car gossiping about someone's hair and someone's clothes and someone and that the pastor, did you see when the pastor was talking, the way he was pointing at you, I believe he was talking about you. You see, that is not the kind of conversation they had in their cars as they were going home, but they continue steadfastly in the doctrines that were taught. It says, and they continued in fellowship. They continued in fellowship. When the church is having a fellowship, we say, we are gathering to do this. We are having a Christmas party. They were all involved. We are having a Christmas celebration. We are having a cookout. They were all involved. It's not that some of them were involved and others were not. It's not that some of them said, I am not the kind that is involved. These things are not important. I am a very spiritual person. So I am not. But they were consistent, steadfast. If it is fellowship, they are part of it. They don't exempt themselves. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? And then he says they continue also in breaking of bread. Breaking of bread. Very important. You see, you will not think that breaking of bread is a spiritual thing. You will think that the people, they like to eat. As for this one, all she's about is just food, food, food in the church. But that is a very spiritual footstool that needs to be in the church. That is a very powerful ministry that needs to be strong for God to add to the church. There must be food in the church. Amen. There must be food in the church. And for that, it brings my mind to our friends and family day that is coming, that we want everyone to be involved. Amen. Everyone to be involved. We are going to have fellowship. We are going to break bread. It is a powerful, powerful spiritual thing. Where we come in, we dress in all kinds of forms. We dress in all kinds of traditional givings. And some people are going to dress like Indians. Others are going to dress like um, uh, uh, Arabs. Others are going to dress like any culture. Represent. Just so that we know that we are international church. (laughs) Amen. Sarita, do you have some Indian clothes? We'll make one for you. Amen. Zadian, some Jamaican traditions. 
You have to represent. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So these things are important. Look, there's a reason why we do these things. It's not like this church, they, they just like to... Do you understand? You see, and then some people talk and they say, that is why I'm going to my Roman. That is why I'm going to my Methodist. Because they are all into these things and what is all these things for? The scripture says we ought to be steadfast in all of these things. Amen. And in prayers. And in prayers. I am I'm surprised that breaking of bread is listed even before prayers. You would think that, you see, you say, me, I'm a very prayerful person. You know, there was a brother in the church one time. Ah, everywhere you see the brother. We are breaking bread and she... Everywhere he's sitting, you see him in tongues. Serious brother. You see, but when it comes to breaking bread, you should stop the prayers and let's break bread. Come and eat. Otherwise, you will not stand. You will not stand. You are, it's required for us to have the first tools for a stable church. For a stable church. The bronze church, we are known for bread breaking. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Whenever there's a gathering and they involve us, they know that we will come and then we will make them happy. And we like that. Because it is scriptural. And we participate fully in that. You see that this church says we will bring pasta. And we will bring, um, this one says we will bring um, um, yams without stew. We will bring you yams. We don't have stew. This one, but we will bring everything. Hey, we will bring everything. It is a scriptural thing and we take it seriously. And we take it, if it comes to cooking, we take it to the house, the worker. We are taking it to work out. When it comes to prayers, we are taking it to work out. Amen. We want the stability. We want the stools to be in place for God to... Look at Let's continue reading. It says that they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul. Fear is reverence, respect. Out of these things. Fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles as a result of these things. Wow! As a result of these things, that means there was there, every Sunday there was testimony. As a result of these things, and all that believe were together, and all things come on. Oh, the other day I was taking photographs of some sisters. They had gathered around the table and they were eating together. Said, oh, this is love. All things come on. They were just eating together. And I was just outside there taking them photographs. Beautiful. Amen. Amen. The next verse, it says, And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Breaking bread from house to house. Hey! We are coming to visit you. We are not coming to eat your food. We are not coming to, We will bring the food. Look at that. 
breaking bread, he says, and according, he says, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Wow, what a church. In singleness of heart. Why will God not add to a church like this? And verse 47, this is the part that I want to. He said, praising God and having favor with all the people. When you do this, you have favor with all the people. When you do this, there is favor. Favor with the neighbors. Favor, they hear of you and say, what church is that? The other day, as we were outside breaking bread, the people were walking around, and then they were wondering, what is going on? What is happening? What is going on? You will have favor. You will be an example unto others. Others will look at you, and they want to do the same thing. Other church will start breaking bread, start to fellowship, and doing things together. By your example, I am telling you something. By your example, and they will see the effects of that. They will see the effects of that. Amen. Not that we don't know anything. Not that we are hungry. It's scriptural. Amen. And it says, and the Lord, because of that, because the pillars were stable, because it was not like a, a bench that is missing one point, but because they were steadfast in one, two, three, and four, the pillar, the, 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 the bench was stable. The bench could hold. And so God felt comfortable. And he says, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Such as should be saved. Because it was stable. And God kept adding to it. They knew that they would keep them. They would maintain them. Stability in the church. Hallelujah. And so we began looking at how we ourselves can be stable, can be devoted to the church. Amen. That we can also be devoted to the church. That we can participate in these activities. Is it a good thing? Wonderful. So, we're saying that number one, you must be a devoted member yourself. You as a church member ought to be a devoted member. Amen. You must you must develop devotion. You must be steadfast in the doctrines. You must be steadfast in our fellowship. You must be steadfast in our breaking of bread. You must be steadfast in our prayers. That means when we are having prayer meeting, you also must be steadfast. You must be a part of it. When we are breaking bread, you must be a part of it. When we are fellowshipping, you must be a part of it. As we are saying we are going on visitation, you must be a part of it. Amen. Amen. You must be a part of it. Whatever we are planning, endeavor to be a part of it. Do not exclude yourself. Amen. Now last week, I began sharing with you that every church member goes through three stages. You go through three stages when you join a church in the beginning. And we say that these stages can be best characterized by the behavior of some three animals. Now, and I explained to you that you are not an animal. Do you understand? You are not an animal. But, you see, it is simple to study animals. The reason why it's simple to study animals more than humans is that animals do not fake. 
You didn't hear me. Animals do not fake. But humans fake. It is very difficult for me to do analysis of you. Because you pose in a way that you are not. But animals will be themselves. And it's easy to study them. But as we are going through this behavior of animals, I think some of you can identify yourself and say, I think I am in this stage. And then you endeavor to move further or upward to a better stage. So the first stage we talk about is the deer stage. The deer stage. And we say the deer stage is a stage where the member is not committed. The member is not committed to anything. You don't find the member committed to anything. The member is always hiding. Deers are always hiding. They are not, you can't find them anytime you want. They are not steadfast. They are not, they are not there all the time. You can't find them when you need to find them. You are there and then they show up. You are unexpectedly and then they are standing in the road. Why you don't expect them? Do you understand? You think they are gone and then they show up. So as you are going, you are driving very fast and you think today he didn't come and then he shows up. That is a person that is in a dear stage. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And they always hide. You cannot bond with them. You can't fellowship with them. You try. You make efforts to make friends with them, but they suspect that you are going to do some harmful thing or something. They always run away. When you see a deer, beautiful deer, even the babies, they have nice... Is it fair? Fair or freckles. Very nice. And you want to take them a photograph. Sometimes you stop and you want to take them a photograph. The other day, I was going to take a photograph to show you. Just last Thursday, I saw this deer and then I still, even I stopped because this was some local road and I stopped. And the people were not happy with me. They were waiting. But I said, I have to take this photograph to show my churchman. And as soon as I took my camera like this, he went away. I took my phone and I just flipped my camera. It didn't come out quickly. And then I finally got it and I, I lifted my eyes. It was gone. Sometimes you see them and then as they are eating and then they look at you. They look at you like, huh? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what, what are you thinking? It's like, uh huh, pastor, no, no. <laughs> what, what, what does he want? It's, that's like a deer, a person in a deer stage. What, what does he want? Sometimes you call and, uh huh, pastor. What does he want? You see? That is a person that is in a deer stage. But we don't want to be in that stage. Amen. I said we don't want to be in that stage. Hallelujah. We want to move to a better stage where we can relate. Where we can be committed. Amen. Where we can be committed. And I said no church member should stay in this stage. It is very dangerous. You don't have anyone that is looking after you. And your life is risky. You can be knocked off on the road anytime. You can be snatched by a lion anytime. It's not a good stage to be. The next stage I want to talk to you about is the goat stage. The goat stage. <laughs> the goat stage. Now the goat stage is a little better than the deer stage. Do you understand? The goats do not hide from you. 
they don't hide. So the goat stage, you find the goat. But, you see, they are wrong, but very difficult to control. The goat is very difficult to control. Do you understand? It's not easy to get them to do things. It's not easy to get the goat to do things that you want. Hallelujah. If somebody understand what I'm sharing with you, you bring them in and they run away. That is a person who is in a deer at a goat stage. You bring them in and they run away. Very difficult to keep still. They fight you. You bring them in and they jump the fence. They're always finding a means to sneak out. You find them and then quickly you say, oh, I want to talk to, where is this? Oh, they say, he's gone. The goats don't, it's very difficult to control. You can't get a person who is in a goat stage to join a ministry. Because they cannot wait, they can't sit down, they cannot be taught, they, they, can't, they don't have time. Amen. The, a goat stage, a person in a goat stage does not listen to counseling. When a church member is in a goat stage, he or she does not listen to counseling. It's a difficult husband. When a person is in a ghost stage, it's a difficult wife. You can't counsel them. You talk and talk and talk, and their mind is the same. They can't, it's a good stage. No church member should remain in that stage. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God will not add his precious souls, precious souls that have been saved. He will not add it to a church that is full of members who are in a ghost stage. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying? Because they are not committed. They are not committed to their doctrines. They are not committed to fellowship. They are not committed to prayers. You can't find a person in a ghost stage coming for prayer meeting or coming for church service every Sunday, every Tuesday. That's not the kind of person that is in a ghost stage. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? I was reading something about animal behavior, and it says it is almost impossible to drive goats. Almost impossible. Then he says, when a stranger approaches, goats scatter and face the enemy, depending on its agility and maneuvering. That is a goat. Their survival depends on its maneuvering and its agility. It doesn't, he has to depend on his own. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? But the next stage is the sheep stage. The sheep stage. This is the stage we want to be. Amen. Hallelujah. This is the stage that God sees us in. Amen. Psalm 103. Psalm 100 verse 3. Psalm 100 and verse 2. Is somebody learning something today? It says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that made us. And not we ourselves. How many of you agree with that so far? He says, it is God who made us and not we ourselves. We didn't make ourselves. That means we don't know our components. We don't know what we are made of. If an engineer, in an engineer makes a car. Is somebody listening to me? If an engineer makes a car, he writes a manual. And he says, you ought to put gas in this tank. And you ought to put oil in this tank. You ought to put 
fluid um, washer, window washer in this tank, and you ought to put this in that tank. That engineer tells you where to put things. Now, if you do that, you will get benefits of what the engineer has made. If you do that, you will benefit, you will, you will use that thing for its purpose. And it will accomplish its purpose. Now, its purpose is to take you from point A to B and bring you back safely. If you do that, that is going to work for you. Now, you can choose not to do that. And say, I know how cars work. And I'm not going to read a manual. There's so many things in the front, but I'm not going to read them. I know that I can put any fluid in this tank and it will work. If you do that, what is going to happen to the car? It's going to break. If you put water in a place where it's supposed to be gas, is the car going to work? No. no. So the scripture says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. The sheep of his pasture. So God is likening us to sheep. God is calling us sheep. God is not likening us to deer or snakes. God, you, you, you will never find snakes that are grouped together. Snakes are very independent people. Or animals. <laughs> people. <laughs> Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So God is saying that we are his pasture. We are his people. The pasture or the, the sheep of his pasture. Amen. Amen. That means the one who made us expects us to be like sheep. And if we are like sheep, then we will become of what he made us to be. Or oh, you don't understand. Hallelujah. Psalm 95 verse 7, it says, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture. And the sheep of his hand. The sheep of his hand. Hallelujah. The sheep of his hand. So the sheep is what God expects us to be. Now the sheep is characteristic of someone who has a sense of belonging. Someone who has a sense of belonging. You hardly find a sheep roaming alone. You will not find a sheep that is all by itself roaming alone. When you find a sheep and you turn around, you find a shepherd. Amen. Amen. One classic thing about the sheep is that the sheep has a shepherd. Isn't that so? And so the sheep-shepherd relationship is best classified or is best described by Psalm 23. That is the best description of the sheep and the shepherd, the relationship. Hallelujah. He says, know ye that God, he is God. And that he is the one that made us. We didn't make ourselves. And he calls us the sheep of his pasture. Amen. So Psalm 23, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. That is the way we ought to speak. If you call yourself a sheep of God, then you will say that the Lord is my shepherd. And for that reason, I shall not want Hallelujah. I shall not want. Anyone who does not see himself or herself as a deer or a goat, 
but you see yourself as a sheep, you will not want because you have a shepherd. You will not want. Hallelujah. Verse 2, it says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. The, the shepherd will make you lie down. Not in dry places. The shepherd will not make you hungry. But he will make you lie down. You, the only way someone can make you lie down is when you depend on him. But if you consider yourself a sheep, then the shepherd will make you lie down in green pastures where there is abundance. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He leadeth me beside the still waters. That is the sheep. The shepherd will check to make sure that the waters are still. But the deer, he has to try. He has to test and see there's no crocodile in it. And as the sheep is trying to Drink, a crocodile will bite him. But the shepherd would have checked for the sheep and give a go ahead. So the sheep will always be around still waters. The sheep is always around still waters. Because there's a shepherd. Hallelujah. He said, he restored my soul. Oh, there are times that you need a restoration of your soul. Other version says, he restored my life. You need a shepherd that will restore your soul. He restored my soul. He leaded me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leaded me in the paths of righteousness. Left to you alone, you'll be fornicating every weekend. Every weekend. Left to you alone. You'll be led by the flesh. Left to you alone. Left to you alone, you will do so many things that you will think they are helpful. You will think it's bringing you joy, but it is destroying you. But when you have a shepherd that watches over your soul, he will lead you in the paths of righteousness. 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 Hallelujah. Safety. When you have a shepherd, you will escape hepatitis B, hepatitis C. You see, all these things, all these things, all these things, they are diseases just like HIV that can kill you. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? They are diseases just like HIV that can kill you, and they are located in places where you don't expect them. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? There are children here, so I can tell you where these diseases hide. Amen. They are located in places, you know, one day, I'm not even sure if I should share this with you, but um, one day, it's okay, one day, I was, um, I was working, I was working in a, in a, in a clinic, in a college clinic. Many years ago, I was working at Beirut College in the uh, student health center. And um, there was a young person. I mean, at the end of the, they go to the class and then they, uh, they learn of some anatomy. And then you see all of them come down and make appointments. They're afraid of things. You know? So uh, they, uh, one day, one of these young people came. Very young woman, very nice looking young woman. And... Um, she came, and then she came to have some exams done, and so on and so forth. And so, after the test, 
you know, we realized that she has some sexually transmitted diseases. You know, and I said, um, well, if you have this type of disease, if you have this, you see, she was shocked. Even the mention that I said, he says, I have slept with only one partner. He says, I have had one partner for about three years. So she was shocked. And then she says, I think you should test it again. Because it may be someone else's test. And lo and behold, she was, she had this disease. And I said to her, I said, if you have these two diseases, which was um, gonorrhea and chlamydia. And I said, if you have these two diseases, then you have risk for HIV. You have risk for hepatitis C. You have risk for all these other diseases. Because all these diseases, they live in the same place. They live in the same place. And so, maybe you want to test for them. He said, sure, test me for everything. So we send a test. And lo and behold, HIV positive. Young girl. Aspiring accounting student. I mean, full of dreams. Full of dreams. Intelligent woman. She's from a country. If I tell you the country where it starts from, you'll be amazed that her, her parents, very rich, sponsoring her to come to college in this country. And he says, this is a person I'm going to marry and I've been with him for three years. You have been with him. I'm going to marry him. Why are you sleeping with him? You see, when you are teaching young people, they think you are taking their joy away. They think that you are taking their joy away. Why are you, why are you not making me? This thing is good. I feel good. They think you are taking some joy away from them. It comes from one place. The same way the woman will give to you from one same place, the man will give to you from the same place. Same place. Where there's supposedly joy comes from. Suppose joy comes from. So as you are happy, as you are happy, you are down, you are dying. Dying. It's just the beginning, the death sentence. That very moment has just place on you. So this young woman, she went psychotic. When we finally, when she came back to receive the results, so immediately, they want to admit her to the hospital, to the um, psychiatric ward. Her life has changed. Her dreams shattered. Her, you see, her mind is totally out of this place now. Amen. So you think you are handsome and you, the girls like me. So you think you are beautiful and all the men are after me. They are giving you deadly things. Deadly things. Deadly things. Deadly. See, I hear someone say, from now on, I'm going to use condoms. Condoms, they break. Tell me you didn't say that in your head right now. You say, from now on, I'm going to use condoms. I didn't know. He said, from now on, what I'm teaching you is from now on, you are not getting to this place again, again. Say never again. That is why in this church, that is why in this church, if you want to marry, we make you test for all these diseases. We make you test for them. 
because they come from the same place and we don't want you to supply them if you have them in storage. You can keep your storage, be full of them and die alone. But none of my young girls are going to receive this. None of my young men are going to receive your story. You can keep them to yourself. Keep them to yourself. Amen. Keep them to yourself. That is what I'm preaching to you right now. I'm preaching to you right now. You come around, you think you are handsome, you are this, and you want to sleep with all the girls. Today you are exposed. You can keep it in your storage. Otherwise, you have no... <laughs> Amen. You see, whereas you didn't know where it was coming from, today you have received knowledge. You have received understanding. You didn't know that this joy, it also comes with poison. It also comes with spears and weapons. It comes with dragons and snakes. They are ready to bite you. Bite you. They are ready to bite you like this. They have tongues. Tongues. They will kill you. Amen. Bishop says, every snake, every snake lives in a hole. Every snake lives in a hole. So it is coming from the hole to bite you. As you are going in the hole, the snake is ready. You say you are happy. You are coming. You think I'm joking, eh? You think I'm joking. Okay. You are delivered. You are delivered. You are delivered. You are delivered. I said you are delivered. None of you will die before your time. You have escaped the weapons of HIV. Hepatitis C. Our children are escaped from HIV, from hepatitis, from sexually transmitted diseases, every kind of STDs. Because the Lord has given us shepherds, pastors, who will feed us with knowledge and understanding. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet. Our time is up. Our time is up. I have a lot to share with you, but my time is up. So stand to your feet. Oh, Jesus. We are thankful and grateful in the name of Jesus. I will never be the same again. Deliver your children. Deliver us. I will never return. Deliver us.
we are thankful and grateful in the name of Jesus Lord we thank you for your word this afternoon we thank you Lord for knowledge and for understanding we thank you Lord for your spirit that leads and guides us spirit of God we are grateful to you we thank you Lord for the new level of understanding that you have given us we are grateful for the new decisions that we have made today. We thank you, Lord, for the spirit of commitment that is within us. We give you glory. We give you honor. Help us, Lord, to continue steadfastly in all of our activities, in the doctrines of the church, in the teachings, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Lord, as we are steadfast in these areas, we pray, Lord, that you will also add to our church. Let our fruits remain in the name of Jesus. We give you glory, we give you honor in Jesus' name. If there's anyone here this afternoon with all eyes closed and every head bowed, you are here this afternoon, you are not born again, and you want to give your life to Christ, you are saying, Pastor, Pray with me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to walk with God. I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. Today, I want to repent. I want Jesus to forgive me of my sins. If that is your prayer, with all eyes closed, this is a very private moment, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, just you, just lift up your right hand wherever you are. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to dedicate my life to Jesus. I want Jesus to be in me, to walk with me. I want Jesus Christ in my life. Wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. If you want to say this simple prayer, I want to pray with you. Is that you? The Lord is talking to somebody. The Lord is ministering to you. It is between you and Jesus. You want to walk with Jesus. Just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Lord, we give you glory. We give you honor. Do not leave this place without receiving Jesus Christ. Without taking him as your savior this afternoon. It is a wonderful opportunity. Is there anyone here like that? Father, we give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus and you may We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at LCI 
dot b r o n x at gmail dot com.